Thanks for listening to this Word in Your Ear podcast. If you'd like to get early access to all our productions ad-free, priority booking for our live events, and to take part in our weekly quiz, go to patreon.com slash wordinyourear for more details. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to a podcast from The Word. So here we are. What's new? Billie Eilish. Billie Eilish. What's going on, Mark? What's been happening the last week? Billie Eilish. Well, as far as I can see, she had to apologise yet again. Another person apologising. Oh, my God, I'm sick of it. I'm heartily sick of it. She apologised for mouthing a controversial word. When she was 13, and she's 19 now, I think. So, so six years ago, somebody trawling through her, you know, social media back catalogue found a clip of her mouthing a controversial word, and she's had to apologise. And if you don't apologise 100% and look profusely apologetic... Yeah, you've got, you've got to then, lash then, your back, you, haven't you? Yeah, you have. You've got to literally thrash yourself with birch twigs. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> I have let You've got to parade down. yourself through the streets yes. throwing rotten fruit in woe your own face. Me. <laughs> woe, woe. Thrice woe. Thrice woe. Because I once did do that, something when I was sincere. 13. Well, oh, no. it doesn't look sincere either way, really, does no, it? it doesn't. You know, because no, it's so kind of overstated. There's a PR standing out of the shop with a gun. I mean, it made me think various things. Oh, we talk about this the other day, you know. Oh, should I just mention one more thing that her Go boyfriend on. has had to apologise? Did you find <laughs> the story? Well, for being her a boyfriend. reported boyfriend. So one of the people reporting this doesn't isn't even absolutely sure if this is her boyfriend, but her reported boyfriend, Matthew Tyler Vorse, has apologised for some controversial tweets he posted nine years ago. Dave, this is her boyfriend. This is not her. It's not the person making a music. This is not even six degrees of separation. I know, so next you're going to people's sisters and their brothers and their parents and anyone they ever met who might have said, a taxi driver who once gave me a lift, who might have said something controversial. Oh, my God. Here's my question to you. Has Mick Jagger ever apologised? Uh, no, I don't think he has. No, and I, I can't, don't, actually, I can't imagine aware. him ever apologising. I, I think that's a damn good precedent, actually. Yeah, it is. Because once you start, you never bloody stop, do you really? You well, know. the brand, sure, the brand of Mick Jagger would be incredibly tarnished by the fact that he had apologised. I suppose so. I suppose the Stones so. don't say sorry. Keith Richards Keith Richard saying sorry for doing something. It's very yeah. unlikely. Oh, um, my God. I'll tell, oh, tell, tell you what it reminded me of. Uh, back in the days of Smash Hits, we used to notice that that 
an infallible index of how well your career was going is what would a playground rumor circulate to the effect that you were about to die? Because if, oh, that, yeah, happened, yeah, yeah. if that happened, that means that meant you were really happening. You were hot yeah. stuff, you know. So I can remember Boy George is about to die. Annie Lennox is about to die. Simon yeah. Le Bon is about to die, whatever. How many people would write to smash it? So they'd ring up or whatever and ask. I can and remember it, that. I remember it, somebody it, ringing up about David Sylvian, weeping <laughs> girl. Yeah. And all it was, I think, was playground squabbles about who's your favourite pop group. And the kind of rejoinder that people used to used to use was, yeah. well, he's about to die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in those days, it was just, it was done person to person in a playground. Nowadays, if you want to, you know, bite back at anybody you don't like, you just go on social media, don't yeah, you? you do. And you you convince yourself that, that in taking somebody down, you are simultaneously raising somebody Raising else. yourself. Right, yeah. Raising yourself and somebody else. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. true at all. You know? No, not remotely. And the other thing that struck me about this is, do you want your pop stars to be the people who did everything right when they were 13, 14, 15? Do you want them to be the... the the, thir- the 13, 14-year-olds that won the headmaster's prize for conduct and, you know, uh, do you really? Do you want them to be the head boy or head girl? I don't think you do, do you? No, you part, part of the deal of being a pop star is that they kind of make mistakes. They do all sorts of things that you do, you know? And so the idea that, the, that she's having to apologise for something she did when she was 14 years old, which was, it, it, as far as I can see, isn't not anything particularly, particularly extreme. Anyway. Nothing heinous. Uh, is is just absolutely ridiculous. But you're so right because also if you want them to be uh, maverick and controversial and original and idiosyncratic, you would expect them to have been like that all the way along. And, and if they and, weren't, then that would look like a kind of it would appear artificial. They just also, made an effort to be. But also, that. also, more to the point, grow the fuck up because if you want them to be rebellious, they'll do some things that you don't approve of. That's yeah. the deal. Otherwise, yeah. they're just like you. What's the point of that? You know. So, oh, I, I think everybody should just. Oh, sorry. I couldn't agree more. Isn't it a <laughs> terrible time to be a pop star? Well, it's no time at all. It's terrible. Appalling time. time apart from wait, walking on eggshells, down, waiting to no. be torn down all the time. Well, yeah, part of walking on eggshells, not being able to live a particularly colourful life without being criticised. No music press to make you look more fabulous. But the thing that struck me the other day is the album tour cycle that used to be in place is gone now, oh, and that used to mean that you could make your album, then you do your tour, and then you would legitimately disappear for a year, yeah. and no one would expect to hear from you. And then you go back to the farm and you drink a lot of beer and you lie around in a hammock and you behave badly or whatever. But now, now you don't get any time off. And so you've no, constantly no. got to fill that by reminding people that you're still around. I would hate that kind of pressure. So, so rock stars are obviously doing puzzling things during the uh, during the pandemic. Damon Albarn's got a mullet. Is that oh, yeah, right? I've seen it. Yeah, he has. What yeah, he's got a mullet. Is it particularly uh, extreme? I can't say I've seen. Not it. particularly extreme, but it's it's undeniably a mullet. Uh, it's it's caused a, a few ripples, and I, I, I thought I was on the basis. I think the mullet is one of those things I never thought would come back. Actually, although it's faintly come back in rugby, am I right? Oh, it very much come back in rugby. Yeah, rugby forwards all. If you want to be in the England front row, you got to have a mullet nowadays. Yeah, 
It, it's supposed to make you look like an orc. You know, it's supposed oh, to... Oh, yeah, of course. It, that's the whole deal, you know. Yeah, yeah, it makes you look frightening. A yeah. semi-mythical beast who's going to wreak terrible havoc upon you. Yeah. Is the kind of person who has a mullet. So I can Damon Albarn, clearly not like that at all. You what know. did Magic Alex, our producer, how did he describe the mullet? Was it business at the front, party at the back? Was it something <laughs> like that? It's really funny. That's right. That's but, I mean, right. various things can surely never come back. And I would oh, say the, the four-inch stack heel boot, a la Susie Quattro. Can it come back? It came back with Lady Gaga, but as a kind of fashion. It comes back as a so joke, doesn't it? It's really? a joke, you know. The, uh, snoods, the Nick Kershaw snood. I doubt it. it. Oh, no, yeah, you're probably right. No, probably the baggy right. three-quarter length trouser, as worn by, you know, uh, the, the top uh, rods. But at uh, one right. stage, worn by Paul McCartney. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, my God, he did. Yeah, yeah, they're called, I can't remember what they're called now. Clam kickers or something. I can't remember what it is. <laughs> the one-piece zip-up jumpsuit, as worn by Todd Rundgren. Todd Rundgren. And also oh. Pete Townsend. Also, yes, he did. He did. He did. Although that was a boiler suit, wasn't it? Really? Yeah, it was a boiler suit. Mick Jagger sported a one-piece jumpsuit during a tour in the um, mid '70s of the United States, and I think it's fair to say that uh, he didn't. There was no evidence of underwear. Uh, <laughs> bidding, as bidding with as with Todd Rundgren, I can remember that. Oh yeah. really? Oh yeah, yeah. Did you see which way he dressed? You can't. You could. Yeah, you, could you would assess his religion, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. <laughs> the Dave Hill, the crescent moon fringe, <laughs> and the Baco foil cape that can never come back. And nor I think the leopard skin bum flap. Do you remember that when we were in Smash Hits walking Absolutely. down Carnby Street in 1980? The number of people who'd come to town just to buy a leopard skin bum flap, pretend to be a punk. Or send off to the mail order adverts. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In Smash Hits. In Smash Hits. And, get, oh, no, and no. get a mail order bum flap. A oh, leopard no. skin bum flap, yes. No, there's no immediate sign of that stuff coming back. And, uh, you know, and I'm quite relaxed about it. Let me, let me, just, <laughs> let me just say. So is it is it right there's the 50-year anniversary of, um, of the Allman Brothers Live at the Fillmore East? It holds is a, holds up copy of Live at the Film Maurice. I should just point out that this juncture Which I have too. That, if, that if you were if you're a patron, the other day, if you're a Patreon supporter, you would not only be seeing Mark Allen and myself holding up our copies of our matching copies of Film Maurice. You know, you you would see them as well as hear us talking about them because you'd be looking at this. And so, you know, if you haven't become a Patreon supporter, go to Patreon.com/slash Word in Your Ear. And we'll just wait while you do that. <laughs> no, let's get on. Let's and, get on. Uh, what, what a, can I just say, that is a fantastic album sleeve picture. Don't you think? Do you know where that was taken? Uh, uh, yes, I do, actually. I think it was taken in Macon, Georgia. It wasn't taken at the Fillmore region. It wasn't I think Jim Marshall region. just staged it against a brick wall. And, and, and it was their Georgia. rehearsal place in Macon. Yeah, in it Macon, was. Georgia. It was. And then on fantastic. the back, on the back, it's got the, the road roadies. crew. The road. How many bands have you know a picture of the road crew on their on their album cover? Actually, Pink Floyd Zamagama. That's about Pink it. Floyd Zamagama, which is Naomi, who is Naomi Watt, Naomi Watt's father, Peter Watt. Yeah, that's right. And also, have you noticed this? Oh, Did that was go- the guy who was in jail or something. No, I think he just couldn't make it at the photo session. Oh, so I thought he was, he was detained in- by. Oh, oh, by I'm the- not sure. Anyway. He got he got it included in there on the uh, on the kind of inset 
which is... But nice. if you look at the... This is... I know this is ridiculous, but somebody who loves the Allman Brothers as, as much as me will have looked at the outtakes from that session. And they're all... If you've ever seen them, they're all really quite serious. They're all sitting there and they're kind of serious portraits. And they just don't work. And that picture is absolutely electrifying, I think. As, as a kid, I just thought, I really want to join this game. It's because they're that laughing. looks... Because so, they're laughing. And there are loads of sleeves, you know, which have got... Bands on the front, loads of Ramon sleeves and Clash and Stones. But they look a bit intimidating, actually, and a bit weird and a bit aggressive. And you don't particularly want to join the gang. There's a great XTC sleeve, the Black Sleeve, uh, B- B- Black Sea. Oh, yeah. You kind of think that'd be fun to be a part of. Where well, they're wearing, wearing diving outfits, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Madness One Step Beyond, that's another one. You think that'd be a brilliant band to be in. Yeah. But, uh, and f- and freewheeling Bob Dylan was the other one, not that's a band. I remember looking at that and thinking, that is fantastic. Do you know the in that secret, street with that jacket? Secret of ta- taking that picture. Have you ever seen the famous picture? Of, I think it's Charles and Di's wedding, isn't it? Where Patrick Litchfield, whoever was the photographer, taking the official snaps back at um, uh, Buckingham Palace. Yeah, yeah. He rigged up an additional camera which was just due to take a picture when everything stopped. And so the famous picture is of them all just laughing. Oh, because the, the relief, because the all session's just gone, over. It's done. Oh, that's And fantastic. that's the picture. That's the picture that everybody remembers. I'm pretty really? sure it's at the wedding. It's certainly of some yeah, major, yeah, yeah. Major, major royal occasion. And so, yeah, 50 years... 50 years since the Omelette Brothers uh, live at the Fillmore, which is arguably the li- the greatest live rock and roll album. And, uh, you know, we'll fight anybody who says different. I was uh, I was listening to it only the other day, actually, because I've got this, uh, this version that was put out for the... I can't remember which anniversary this was. It must have been 40 years ago that this came out, which is the full... All the concerts, all the, all the you know, all the, yeah, all the sets that yeah. they, they did... They did that week, and it's got it's got the um, the introduction to the final show, which is late on the on the last night, and by late I mean something that started at two thirty in the morning, I think, and uh, and it's introduced by Bill Graham, and it's coming to the end of the Fillmore's because that's the year he closed them, because Led Zeppelin and so forth were making it impossible for him to continue running it in the same way, and so he introduces them. It pretty much says. Of all the bands we've had here, and they they had had everybody, this is the best, you know. And yeah, it's a fair point actually. Oh, it's, it's an incredible record. It's an extraordinary record. Absolutely astonishing record. So also fifty years ago, this uh, this week is it? Johnny Mitchell's Blue, yeah, Blue yeah, or something is, like yeah. that. Yeah. So Paul Paul Kramer was telling me that um, that it. It hasn't been in the chart, I think, since 1972 in the UK, which I suppose is not surprising at all. Um, but it's currently sold so many downloads and, uh, and physical copies in the last week because of the fuss about 50th anniversary that it's going to chart. Which, oh. which is kind of ridiculous. <laughs> you still think, well, it was this record was there to buy three weeks ago or six weeks ago, two years ago or whatever. And uh, people didn't do it, you know. Whereas you, you know, you got the fuss about anniversary. And it interested me that that, that, it, that it's reached that kind of immortal plateau, hasn't it? Blue, and you could argue that there are other records that 
I think you prefer Colton Spark. I mean, they're just rather records of hers that oh, are yeah, actually better, but it's just done it. And not a, not every band has an equivalent of that. You think they would. There's various records that you can see the piece in the Times, you know, saying it's 50 years in Sergeant Pepper or Abbey Road or Pet Sounds or Dark Side of the Moon or Bridge Over Troubled Water or a Transformer. You know what I mean? Songs in the Key of Life. Uh, I don't know what else. Joshua Tree, never mind. But there, there are other records that are kind of cultural milestones. They're not particularly great records, but they're, it's however many years since Nevermind the Bollocks or the first uh, Oasis record. or uh, But, you know, there is no equivalent for Bob Marley. There's no equivalent for Steely Dan. Is there? There's no record where you say this is 50 years or 40 years since it's no Led Zeppelin record, no Who. I think no Queen. All, I think also the the one of the reasons Blue is so celebrated is it's kind of... Um, it's become a kind of feminist tract, hasn't it? Latterly, yeah. never was back in the day yeah. at all, and and so now it's it's kind of like a virago paperback, isn't it? You know? It is, and uh, and uh, I think it's very often appreciated as such. I can't say I play it very often, uh, whereas you know, like like you were saying, I do. I, I prefer Corton Spark in the sense that I. I play Corton Spark. Well, Corton Spark's got those up. He's got Free Man in Paris. Isn't it's, it? it's a brilliant pop record. It's a fantastic pop Raised record. Raised on Robbery. I mean, those are amazing. I mean, well, Blue is it's got one tone, as yeah. as indicated by the title, you know, which is which is rather, rather sombre and rather mournful and reflective tone. But it's incredibly attractive. I think I think it's an amazing record. Absolutely astonishing. So I saw, we saw this thing this morning that Eamon Ford um, published in, on the Forbes website about um, a band called Salt, S-A-U-L-T, who've um, put out an album which will disappear after 99 days. That's a good idea, isn't it? I think it's a good idea. Has anyone ever done that before? Because that presumably just accelerates your... I mean, I think you can download it free. Is that right? You can buy the hard copy for 20 quid or you can download it free. But if you don't get... I mean, it's just a really good way of reminding people that it's, that it's there. And it's yeah. not going to be there forever. And therefore, if you want to do something about it, you'll have to act now. Yeah, you know, yeah. quite clever, quite a clever pub- publicity ruse. Yeah, I don't know if it's more and than make a any ruse. make any copies of it that were, uh, they're quite, seem quite valuable. It's a good, great idea. Well, because it's the obvious rejoinder to the thing that we're often saying on these podcasts, which is there's no hurry to listen to anything. New, yeah, yeah. It? Because it'll be there in two years' time. Whereas they're saying, no, it won't be there in two years' time. And I suppose it also... Um, you know, is similar to what's going on in certain areas of social media with, with TikTok, TikTok and things like this, which things that disappear after they've, you know, had their few minutes in the sun. That uh, Part of their appeal is they're not there for ages. They just go away. And uh, you can't it's have... the polar opposite of what U2 did, isn't it, really? Remember <laughs> U2 put out their... Uh... What is it called? Songs of Innocence. I can remember suddenly finding it in my phone. They put oh, out no. they, they they with Apple. The they worst idea. A worst, worst idea. idea. <laughs> they gave a free copy to anybody. Uh, has who anybody? Had iTunes. Yeah. Okay, this is a good question to put to the massive. Actually, we've all had a copy of that record. Has anybody ever listened to it? Because well, I, I haven't. Have you? No, even if I'd wanted to listen to it, which I might actually, I was immediately uh, convinced that I wouldn't listen to it as a kind of adolescent protest with arriving in the first place. Because it, it was an invasion. It was like somebody put a leaflet through your door, wasn't it? I didn't ask for this. The Word Podcast. Prime cuts of popular culture served fresh each week.
So I've bought a new CD player. I'm so excited. Because <laughs> my old one was just getting a little bit shaky and wasn't queuing up quite as accurately or reliably as it might have done. Yeah, I probably had it 20 years or something. And so you're thinking, can I get a CD player? But uh, so I did. I went to Richer Sounds. I give them a plug because they were terribly nice. And I didn't get a discount or anything. I'm not saying that because I got a discount. They were just very polite uh, and helpful. Anyway, I bought a new CD player, rigged it up. I've got some new leads for the speakers and so forth. So it sounds a bit better. And so you kind of think to yourself, I've got to start all over again with my CDs. I've got a lot of CDs, Mark. I've probably got more CDs. When you say start again, so in what order? But No, no, just Just randomly? Just just kind of randomly. And so what what you've got to do is, is... you know, a lot timed this. It's like everything. It's like a marriage, Mark. Yeah. You've you've got to give it time. You you know, and so, you know, you may have had those occasions with your good lady wife where you said, let's go on a date night or whatever. You know, so th- <laughs> this right. is a little bit like this, but it but you're <laughs> going you're going on a date night with So what do you do? So you, you pour yourself your a CD. glass of red and yeah, uh, you, you gotta put it in the dark. Something comfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slip yeah. into something comfortable, possibly Pour out a, a, a nice glass yeah. of red wine. I, I could see a, an old uh, old Chianti bottle with a candle in it, Dave. As you Possibly go through your CDs, a, light a candle, <laughs> and then and then I'm going to play a CD, and I, I'd probably do it completely randomly. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, my CDs are all in drawers; they're not on the shelf, so I can't kind of walk down them and look at the spines like yeah. I could do with LPs. So I have to think. Okay, I'm going to pull out one of the seed drawers or whatever, and I, I'm going to pull stuff out. And so, you know, you, 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 you're pulling out a few different kinds of things. You're pulling out things that you think to yourself, oh, I really like that. I love that record. And then you play it and you think, hmm, it's kind of all right. You know, you, you, you know, because it might be 10 years, it might be 20 years, it might be 30 years since you, you'd last played it. Yeah, you loved it because it reminded you of something that was going on at the time. Well, or, or, or you just yeah. liked it at the time, but at the time... But, the, but, you know, later on, it doesn't sound quite as good. And then there's loads of stuff that you you kind of didn't even really know that you had or you'd never concentrated on it at all. And so I've got three here in front of me. Oh, go I, I picked out in the, last, in the last few days and played them. And in each case, I've thought, you know, that's really good. And the, the first one is this. It's Black Grape. I oh, didn't, yeah. I didn't even know I had black grapes. It's great when you, it's great when you're straight. Yeah, uh, and it's you know I, I put it on as I was working. There's a kind of certain kind of music that I put on when I'm standing up, and there's a certain kind of music I put on when I'm sitting down. Uh, and when I work, I tend to work standing up, and so kind of up tempo rhythmic up-tempo, music, tempo sustaining, suits, suits accelerated. You, yeah. And so that, I mean, how old is that record? I'll tell you how old it is. Well, it would have come out in 94? 95. So that is 26 big top 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's not. Yes, 26 big top 20 years ago. That's a long time ago. So I like that. And I also pulled out this, which I knew I had, but I I hadn't played it for a while, which is James Brown's The Payback. Uh, oh right, yeah. And actually, here's my here's my thing with James Brown. I realise the only problem with James Brown records is James Brown. 
you know, if James, in what you know, way? well, in the sense that what you really want to listen to is the JBs. What you want to listen to is the is the extraordinary is the grooves. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. absolutely amazing playing of the JBs and the sound that nobody else at God's Earth has been able to make before or since, you know, just it simply disappeared from the earth. Um, and so the only drawback is when James occasionally kind of tries to sing. You think, hey, James, no, just stop that. Go, go over there. Let the band play. And you can just be, be in the background and it's going to kind of issue distant exhortations to them to, <laughs> to kind of keep doing it, you know, all that. That's, that's fine, you know, but just don't try and come up the front. But anyway, I like that. But the biggest surprise I had in the last week, and uh, and I pulled out a few CDs by this guy, um, all of which I thought I liked and played them, and they didn't do it for me. But this one did. This is Robert Plant's Band of Joy. Oh right, yes. do you know this record? Yeah. This came out in 2010, so yeah, it's relatively wet behind the ears. This this uh, with a band, I think with Patty Patty Griffin was in the band at the time. Yeah. And he does Richard Thompson's House of Cards and all sorts of things. And uh, and I played things like, do you remember he made a record with Jimmy Page called uh, Walking into Clarksdale? I think it was called, came out on Mercury. Yeah. Probably in the 90s, which I sort of remember liking. And then I put it on and thought, no, this just doesn't work anymore. You know, the air, the molecule, molecules in the air have changed in the 25 or 30 years <laughs> Since you made this record, that's brilliantly put, and it just doesn't work in the same way. Whereas that really works, and I've played it about four times in the last few days. Uh, so that's what I'm recommending people to do. You know, have a have a date night with your with your record collection, whether you got a new CD player or not. That was just my excuse, you know. Yeah, but the point is, you've probably got loads and loads of records that you haven't played. Yet. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Yes. I'll tell you a few. Shall I tell you something I found the other day, which I thought were really great? One is this. Do you remember this? Oh, Mojo right. by Tom I played Petty. that the other day. That's a great record. My God. Again, quite recent, came out in 2010. 
and uh, li- I don't. The, the, yesterday. Paint, the paint's still fresh. It, is, it is, but it's <laughs> lovely. It was recorded with the original Heartbreakers, and it's done as kind of live in the studio, and it's kind of a blues record, and it's got little bits of country rock on it, and the sort of smell of wood smoke about the whole thing. There's lovely songs about one about Thomas Jefferson, the founding father, and his infidelities with a maid in a, in a woodshed in the back hey, garden. Well, what's her name? Uh, I forgot. The famous woman. Yeah, that absolutely. He had a child by. I've forgotten her name. Anyway, go and carry a on. A lovely song about uh, about pirate coves in Santa Cruz. Some lovely lines in it. One, one where you talk about old girlfriends. It says, she was part of my heart. Now she's just a line on my face. That's <laughs> a, it's a sweet record. Another one. I know it's not a classic rock record by any stretch oh, of imagination. Okay. Is that the one it's... we're on? <laughs> No, it's the one on the second album. We are. Oh, is that this the is, first one? This oh, is right, the Duckworth fun. Lewis record. I always yeah. thought it was so funny. Even the name, the Duckworth Lewis Method, obviously a cricketing term, but it was obviously a kind of send-up of the Backman Turner Overdrive, wasn't it? Or McGinnis Flint or Fleetwood Mac or whatever. And that's just a lot. It was Neil Hannon, wasn't it? Of, of, and um, Thomas Walsh. And Thomas Walsh, that's right. And it's just that whole thing about the, the cricket experience, the kind of pace of a day at the Oval, you know, um, the, the songs called, you know, The Coin Toss, The Night Watchman, Rain Stops Play, The End of the Over. It's just a lovely, lovely record. So it's kind of music hall and kind of 1920s, isn't it? You know. And it's also, and, it's a summer record, isn't it? It's a summer record. It reminds you of ELO, actually. It's that yeah. wonderful old school songwriting, you know, it's really good. And the last one, one more. I, I, I don't know, my old pal's chicken shack. Oh, oh no, good grief! Chicken. Are you not keen? Are you? Well, go on. Oh, I, I, did you no. play it? Have you played oh, it? Oh yeah, 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 it's how, great. How does it sound? Which it one is really that? Good. I love it. This is the this is the uh, the complete Blue Horizon. Oh session. right, okay. But I love them because I was a major old blues head, and everyone was terribly worthy and terribly kind of forthright, weren't they? Ainsley Dunbar's Retaliation and. Uh, you know, uh, John Mayles Blues Breakers, and everyone was terrible. It was all sort of a studenty, and uh, and there's something really funny about Chicken Shack. Do you remember the track San Jose, the old Freddie King number? It's a Freddie King song. Oh, tune, it's fantastic! It? It's recorded live in the studio, and you can hear them all shouting at each other. You can hear them all moving around in the studio when they record it. It's just brilliant, and it made me think very fondly of Stan Webb. No oil painting, I have to say. No, no. Was oil he Stan, a kind of golem-like no. creature? No. <laughs> and, uh, but it's just a great record, and uh, no, I've not. But this is a good game. They're going back. It and is discovering having a date night old... with your records. This is what I, I recommend. Everybody should do this uh, sometime over the next week, and just pick something at random, and be honest with yourself. If you put it on, and you it's not making it, just take it off and put another one on, because you will you will eventually find one that sparks something that hasn't been sparked in ages, like yeah. I found with Robert Plant's Band yeah, of Joy. Yeah. Uh, and, and let us know what they are, you know, uh, via the usual, uh, via the usual links. And uh, yeah, there'll be, there'll be links in the show notes uh, accompanying this, this video. Uh, what else we got? Uh, yeah, more, more anniversaries. It was the Beatles doing our world. Was it? Oh this yeah, week? it was. It's well, yes, it was 1967. Uh, I'm talking to the Beatles. Sorry. While we're, just I just seen this. I've got to let me interrupt you. That uh, Ringo is just a uh, BBC hot news item. Ringo Starr at the age of eighty is still causing you know news alerts on the BBC website that he's dropped the uh, the the lawsuit against a manufacturer of sex toys called Ring O because he was he was saying that they were kind of dragging his reputation through the mud and uh, he's obviously decided. My learned friends must have told him that the, the game, Mate, game's not worth the candle. Yes, absolutely. 
And, you're drawing um, attention to the fact that you're making yourself look ludicrous. But it's the idea that it's still a lead I item know. on the BBC News site all these years later. Anyway, carry on. Carry no, on. it's just the 25th, which I always thought a really significant uh, event, and I'd forgotten it was just after the Six Day War. The, the Arab-Israeli Six Day yeah, War. Yeah. And I was so, staying with my grandparents. My parents were away. I remember it. Anyway, carry on. And the uh, various... I, I, remember the, I remember the girl I was going out with. Mark. Oh, right, okay. That week, I, re- I remember. That week? Oh, I like Sorry. that. The girl so I was going just, out with that I, week. That week. <laughs> that, hold on a second. Mark, Mark, Mark. I can remember the girl I was going out with that week in the summer of 1967. Let's all, just for a moment, be quiet and just let me think about it. It's it's the likely lads again with Deirdre Birchwood, isn't it? <laughs> oh, Deirdre Birchwood, the imaginary the, the imaginary girlfriend. Oh no, this one was not. She was not, not imaginary. imaginary. Oh, not okay. imaginary at all. Right. And you're I, back. You're I, back in the I, zoo. I, sorry, can I just tell you about? She, she's. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> major, major, major <sighs> events. Major events of of June 1967. You know the Arab-Israeli Six Day War. The Beatles doing, uh, you know, our world. Nothing is going to change our world on satellite, satellite. Me staying with my grandparents and walking to this girl's house across the fields. How Thomas Hardy is that, Mark? That is across the fields. That's it so was, romantic. It was a couple of miles across the fields, but you know. No, you wouldn't have bothered. You would have just uh, you would have talked to each other on a WhatsApp. Uh, decided not to bother. <laughs> decided not to bother. No, so I'll stay in, actually. Listen, I, I, I look, look back on it with fondness. Oh. Anyway, carry on. That's carry fantastic. On. No, well, this is I mean, I, this is a bit of a step down, uh, really, after that uh, romantic memory. <laughs> but no, they it was just after the Six Day War, wasn't it? And they um, they put they uh, the Eastern Bloc countries pulled out, which I'd forgotten about. They pulled out in protest of the Western nation's response to the Six Day War. So a lot of the other countries who were going to take part in the broadcast. Oh, really? Refused to do so it. So it wasn't one world after it all. Wasn't it wasn't one world after how very modern that is. Times have changed. <laughs> I, I know. Oh, really? I know. But all sorts of people were on it. I was trying to find some YouTube on them. I couldn't find it. Maria Callas was on it, representing her country. Picasso was on but it. But the only thing anybody was interested in was the Beatles. Yeah, completely. We're, we're miming to, you know, uh, all you need is love. That's what you're, they were doing. And also the fact that they recorded that. They finished recording on the 19th, I think. It was broken. The event was the 25th. So the idea that right up right up to just a few days beforehand, they hadn't actually finished the song. <laughs> the idea they had the confidence to think, it'll be fine. And it was. It. It, was. And it was. This is a junction in the word podcast. It separates that bit from this next bit. I'm just going to say this. There is no greater aphrodisiac in the world than people working closely together under pressure for long hours. Okay? That's all I'm going to say on the Matt Hancock business. For those who might find it... Which is the boss difficult. secretary equation, yeah. isn't it? Well, what, I, don't, I, well yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's quite as simple as that. You know, but, uh, you know... I, I, it, many, many years ago, thousands of years ago, when I was young and attractive, and I used to be in plays, <laughs> never a play went by without people falling into each other's arms in the cast during rehearsal. They just did it because they were spending so much time together under pressure. That's nothing compared to government and, you know, a pandemic and so forth. So for those like Alex who may find it strange that uh, Matt Hancock 
uh, it appears to have trouble peeling women off him. <laughs> that could that could possibly be that could be the the um the explanation. I We're recording this at the very moment this news has just broken. Just broken. So fresh to all of us. We're just looking at the pictures of Hancock in a passionate clinch with the girl in question. It's the, sensational. The, 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 the headline possibilities for this. I can't believe it's gone so far and nobody's yet used Hancock's half hour. <laughs> but, uh, so um Mark, you were checking. Is it Deirdre Birchwood or Deirdre? Deirdre Birchwood. Birchwood. No, okay. Deirdre Birchwood. She okay, was it, the, she, we never see her or anything. They talk about her fondly. I think at one point, uh, I think no, I'm going to explain. I'm going to explain what it is first of all. The likely lads of blessed memory. Uh, they used to talk about a girl that they'd been to school with, that they both snogged early on, okay. and her name was Mark Deirdre, Deirdre Birchwood. Birchwood. And so I always used to think. That's the most brilliant name because it's it sounds like everyone's first girlfriend. And so I've done this at dinner parties, played the Deary Birchwood game, okay? Tell us the name of the... It applies to men and women either. You know, it's names you can't make up. Exactly. My, first, completely plausible. First, first girl that I ever got involved in a clinch with during a game of Postman's Knock at the age of about 14 was Jane Spurrier. I defy you to make up a name like Jane Spurrier. It can't be done. Who was Jane? Yours? If you're listening, <laughs> I'm very much. Down. I'm sure she got better things to do. Uh, Mark, who was yours? Mine was. Well, you're absolutely. This proves the theory. Penny Cotter. There you go, Penny. Penny Cotter. Cotter what a lovely name. Isn't so, it? so I, here we go, that. Alex. The Deirdre Birchwood game. Who was the first girl? Well, go on. Technically, go on. my first girlfriend was was when I was eight. And it was Nicola Ives, and we held oh, that's, hands. That's not oh, bad. Okay. And, and good. kissed each other, and it was but, lovely. What about what about an open mouth kiss? Come on. That was Amy Collins. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Amy Collins after the first term school disco in year seven. Mrs. Green caught us. Hey. He's still recovering now. Very good. Was there any were there any repercussions? Was the punishment no? No punishment. No, just a stern look. And Alex Gold. <laughs> Very good. I suppose postman knock had, had long gone away by the time you got there, Alex. <laughs> we, we, we used to have to find our thrills wherever we could. We, we used to play spin the bottle. Oh, well, there. Oh, it's very oh, well, that's the same sort of thing. Really. Very similar, very similar. Only, only after they had they played spin of the bottle, they had full sexual intercourse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we had a kind of embarrassed peck on the cheek. Oh, <laughs> uh, oh no, it was a bit more torrid than that in Yorkshire, Mark. We wouldn't have settled for that. It was, uh, you know, a, that was Hampshire peck on the cheek. It was uh, a lot more serious than that in Yorkshire. <laughs> it's a long game. Long, long <laughs> have you read any good books recently? <laughs> no, no, perhaps she wasn't that no, that innocent. But I can still remember the, the summer that the hot pants arrived. Oh my lord! Seventy-one. Seventy-one. Seventy-one is the year of the hot pant. Yeah. Seventy-one is the year of uh, Jane Fondering Clute, um, which was uh, popularised the the hot pant, and it's a combination of the hot pant with the with the maxi coat. Yes, it, so it was the long coat, the wrong, long kind of Julie Christie and Dr. Yeah. Fargo coat, and then the incredibly abbreviated 
I think Shorts. it might have been the year there was a picture of Linda Ronstadt wearing the the, the this particular fashion accessory, from which I've never recovered. No. I, oh, my Lord. Well, that's what's known as the Daisy Dukes, isn't it, nowadays? As in uh, Daisy Duke from the Dukes of Hazard. Um, you know, who was the glamour in the Dukes of Hazard, who always wore those kind of cut-off Linda yeah. Ronstadt shorts. You're talking about Linda Ronstadt on the cover of, I think, the album's called Hand Sewn, Homegrown. Where I she's think it was. sitting, she's sitting. Where is she sitting, Mark? Where is she sitting? Is it, in a, is it in a barn? No. no, it's more agricultural than that. She's sitting in a pigsty, I think. I it's a pigsty. It's a pigsty. I wasn't far off. It's a, it's, she's on a farm, isn't she? That's right. On <laughs> oh, a actual farm with oh, actual pigs. Lord. Yes. No oh, wonder. God. No wonder. There's a picture of a great straight. picture of her with Mick Jagger. She's backstage oh, somewhere, God, and yeah. Mick Jagger's just looking at her, and she's got the hot pants on, and Mick Jagger has just absolutely just gone to pieces. And understandably, he's only human. Absolutely, absolutely. So, questions from the massive, um, of which we've had a number, um, and Jack wants to know: Has the super deluxe box set jumped the shark with the mega expensive "All Things Must Pass"? And it's ludicrous garden gnomes. Do you know about this, Mark? I, I do, know. and I don't think it has. I see. I don't think I don't agree with this idea that these things can jump the shark. The whole point about a box set is that if people are prepared to pay the money, let them pay the money. What's wrong with it? You're not exploiting anybody. Just say if you don't want to buy it, don't buy it. It is, Dave, nine hundred and ninety-eight dollars ninety-eight cents. And you get a. I'm, I'm looking at a little thing here. So you get a toy box-sized wooden crate. That includes the album and dozens of demos and outtakes, a pile of vinyl CDs, books, and miniature facsimiles of, of the garden gnomes I was saying- <laughs> depicted on the cover, which I think is fantastic. I love that. I love it. Why not? Why can't? Who wouldn't want little miniature garden gnomes? So you have, have, have you have you put your order in? For uh, for not, your own, I'm company. not going the full nine hundred ninety eight dollars. No, but I I I think it has every right to be there and to be on the market and good for them. Okay, brilliant. Simon Benson says, noting the Joe Meek blue plaque, which is presumably in Holloway Road, is it? Because that's where Joe Meek used to live, breathe, and have his being. Who in the musical firmament? Is it firmament? It is, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is long overdue. This recognition. So, if you could place one rock oh blue God. plaque, what well, would it Olympic, be? Olympic Studios in Barnes, around the corner from here, ought to have one. But you mean for, yeah, a person, it, for an individual? Well, it could be either a person or an individual. Olympic Studios deserves one. It really no, does. that's true. That's true. Yeah, so much happened there. What about you, Alex? I you would, the, go on. Uh, I would have it done for Lee, Lee Movers. Oh, the Lars. Oh, yeah, I would. Uh, what on his house? Yeah, and the ho- house he probably still lives in now because I think he I think he lives quite a sort of humble lifestyle on a, on a forty thousand million quid he's made of there. She goes, but uh, yeah, he's uh, he's 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 a he's 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 a kind of forgotten genius. I think I genuinely think that genius is applicable to Lee Mavers, and you know uh, he's only made one record, and and it was really good. So he's technically never made a bad record. Well, um, lot to be said for that. So Nick has he Drake only made one record thing? and has pretty much retired on the on the proceeds. He has, yeah, pretty much. The Lars only made one album. He hated it, and uh, he decided never to make a record again. He's been dining out on there. She goes for what, nearly forty years now. Fair yeah, play yeah. to him. But um, good for him. 
he's, he's brilliant and you know he inspired an awful lot of people and uh, I think that's that's merit enough can I tell you what I where I think they should put blue plaques um they should put one on either side of the street this is something we were talking about this morning should have a blue plaque at 52 to 55 Carnaby Street, where the Smash Hits office was. Yeah, there, actually, there is one. Well, there's you a Don Arden. It, there's it's a about Don Arden and the small faces. And then you should have a blue plaque right across the road at where the, the NME. NME office was. Yeah. Because you could, you know, loads of people worked there one way or another, yeah. you know, and spent incredible formative years there. Uh, that's what I would do. That's my suggestion. Smash Hits, brilliant idea. So, um, Billy Edwards, I suppose this is addressed to me. Second best year for music, question mark, yes. Uh, well, I, you know, I, I don't really say 1971 is the best year for music. I say it's the Annus Mirabilis of the rock album. Uh, and I think 1965 was the Annus Mirabilis of the 7-inch 45. So that's my answer to that. 1971, 1965. 66 a good year, surely. Pet Sounds, Revolver. Small Faces, Mamas and Papas, Can I, Jack yeah. Orion by Bert Yanks, Tim Buckley, first Hendrix single, Can Eight I, Miles High. I mean, we could go around in circles, couldn't we? Can I throw 2001 into the ring? Can I go on? Yeah, you go can. On. Go, on. go on. 2001 had The Strokes, Is This It, had the first Gorillaz album, had Discovery by Daft Punk, it had um, JZ's The Blueprint, it had... Um, Jay Z, Jay Z, and Jay Z. Jay Z, Jay Z. Jay Z was his English. That's so English. Jay Z's had Weezer's The Green Album. Um, I had System of a Down's Toxicity. There was an awful lot of stuff in happening in an awful lot of different kinds of musical places. Okay, and, uh, that's good. That's very plausible. Good, good. It's also the year that the iPod appeared, isn't it? For the first time, it's very, very sick. Which was. Quite significant. Majorly significant. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, was there a what? question about film soundtracks or TV soundtracks? Paul Connell was that? Oh, God, well, come on. I haven't got it in front of me. Go on. It really on. goes. What was the best use of, uh, pop and rock music in film and TV? He said, I'd go for the Kinks Living on a Thin Line in the Sopranos episode. That's a good question, isn't it? I'm trying to remember some of those. And I think there's one really unfashionable one, which is in High Fidelity, where the film really takes off. When the Jack Black character tears Barry's cassette out of the machine, throws it at him and sticks on Walking on Sunshine by uh, Katrina and the Rain. Uh, Wait, do you remember that? And the whole uh, film just lifts. And there's a lovely long shot of, uh, I think it's Ray Liotta in Goodfellas, going to the Copacabana Club. Very sinister. And you know, he's going to meet, I think, uh, Joe Pesky and... Uh, and uh, Robert well, they're going through the kitchen, and, and they go through the kitchen. And there's a really long shot about three three minutes. It's the crystals, um, and then he kissed me. That's fantastic. Is that the crystals? In that I think bit? so. Think oh, okay. Uh, and uh, Woodface says, "Why are people so fascinated by unreleased music or different takes? It always disappoints. It does. You're completely well, it, right. Completely it does, right. but that's not the. But you're not. You're not going to just replace the version you have on your." On your and uh, your iTunes with whatever they've given you because it's never as good. It's just you're only going to hear it once, aren't you? It's just looking at a sketch. It's like when you see X-rays. What was under the picture or the famous painting of by Van Gogh or whatever? I I I, I don't think that. I think he's thinking that you know that people would want to play this more than once. They wouldn't. No, 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 sure. So uh, that's uh, your questions answered. Thank you very much. I hope we've uh, our usual excellent service, Alex. What's this with the Foo Fighters? Well, 
they've uh, reformed them, recoagulated themselves into a disco group called the DGs. Right. Um, and they've recorded an album called, wait for it, Hail Satin. Oh, it contains various BG covers, <clears throat> Dave Grohl singing in a falsetto, and it's got the greatest press shot of all time of them all having walked off a private fl- up flight wearing linen shirts, aviator shades, little shampers in their hands. It's wonderful. Little disco shoes. It's so well observed. It's shirts slashed to the waist. Every little is in there. It's it's absolutely wonderful. And it's being released uh, on record store day. So it's it's clear. I love that, that group. But they ought to call it. They ought to call it the Great Satin. Yeah. It's, uh, um, it's also just so interesting that the Bee Gees, which were a laughing stock at one point, now kind of revered. Oh, and quite a few people, Phil Collins, Abba. I'm trying to think of other examples. Well, yeah. Noel, Noel Gallagher's record is that the cover of Noel Gallagher's latest record is is another open uh, homage, shall we say, to to a Bee Gees record, and he's been talking about an awful lot recently. Oh, so, really? Yeah, yeah, he's a huge fan. Which Bee Gees record is it? Uh, a homage to? I can't remember which one it is. Um, I'll have to. I'll have to have a look. So you were talking about Record Store Day. The other thing that's happening on Record Store Day, which is, if anything, bigger, it is is, <laughs> is a word in word in your park, which is on the seventeenth of July, which is a Saturday. It's Saturday afternoon starts at two o'clock in Holland Park, in a very lovely uh, custom designed covered auditorium, weatherproof, a, weatherproof, and also COVID safe. So it's been redesigned to ensure social distancing. And we're delighted to say that on that day, we'll be joined by... So what a line, It's a great just, lineup. Just quite shy, shy retiring, will we ever winkle anything out of them, people, as Gary Crowley, Leslie Ann Jones, uh, Barney Hoskins, Danny, will he ever say a word, Baker? <laughs> and now we're thrilled that we can find, we can add... Mark Lewison, world's greatest Beatles expert. So that is a lineup, isn't it? If you haven't, I mean, tickets are going fast. So you know, if you haven't already got yours, get get them soon. How should people do that, Alex? We'll post a link in the show notes. Uh, also, you can go to wiyelondon.com, and there is a handy ticket widget on the on the front page of the website. And if you haven't signed up to be a Patreon, why the hell not? <laughs> This podcast was brought to you by The Word. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. 
seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.